That's the wrong button. That's that's <laughs> not what it was supposed to play. So give it a second. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Trio of Positivity Podcast, boys and girls, special, special episode today. We appreciate you joining in. Me and my boys are ready to take you on a journey. You guys ready for this? We're going to scheme the, we're going to skim the Chicago sports scene for you, okay? Just for you, to see if there's any positivity there, you know? It, it has been hard to find, we'll be honest with you, but we'll do that for you, you know? I'm your host, Boo Pen. Joined, as always, by my boys, by my brigade members, CJ and Miller. Boys, say what's up. For the record, the positivity on the north side of Chicago is high compared to the positivity on the south side. Wow, we're already starting there. We are. He said it's hard to find it. You know, it's not when you're a north sider. You know what? That's fair. It's it's right there. Hey, Schaumburg, shut up. (laughs) Whoa, now we're giving locations? Hey, it's all right. Arlington Heights is going to be closer to us than it is to you, so don't you worry about it. <laughs> Those commutes to Bears games going to be real quick. Well, as we're going with this banter, you can find us on Facebook under Trio of Positivity Podcast and on Twitter, which we try to do some odd things in there, at Trio Positivity. Uh, in today's episode, we're going to discuss a new segment, um, which I'm very excited to name for fantasy football. It's going to be Boobin's Fantasy Corner. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And sadly, with that, though, we are going to give into our last Miller's Bears corner. It's depressing. How, I know. It's, de- it's hard. It's depressing, but we do plan to see it again in the future. Wait, Miller's uh, going back gonna... in the closet? <laughs> oh, good Lord. <laughs> the Bears are going away. Oh, good Lord. They're hibernating. Um, after we go through both of these, after we go through both of these corners, we're going to continue to get our thoughts of, I don't even want to call it a crosstown rivalry. We're just going to talk about the two teams that are in Chicago. It's not even a rivalry anymore. And a one and a half. And also, we end, today, we end today's episode with a special guest uh, who's going to be helping us preview the Chicago Bears home opener against the Green Bay Packers and uh, see if we have any positivity there. But I am very excited that we decided to have this new segment. It is led by our brigade member boopin welcome to boopin's fantasy corner boopin what you got for us welcome boys and girls uh we are a lot of football fans here many of us play fantasy football so we thought it'd be a good idea to add a fantasy corner where we talk about things to look out for things to expect maybe um you know we'll cover some top performers from the week prior Highlight them for you so it's on your radar. Also, point out some bottom performers, right? People that did not hit the mark they're supposed to. So again, you can be cautious of them as well. Definitely uh, more cautious imp- of your bottoms, of course. The bottom performers, as Miller would say. Um, you know, we'll also cover the start shit. Sit, not shit. And pick up. Um, I'm, I'm thinking we do late waiver wire pickup. Uh, being a, You know, our episodes comes out. Thursday, Friday, so like the waiver wire is probably done. So we'll do some waiver wire stuff so you can. Again yeah, what what Boopin meant to say is, as you're taking a shit on your phone going through your fantasy football team, we'll let you know what's available in the waiver wire. That's what he meant by starter shit. 
we we have some examples for you as well. Um, for example, not of shits, not of shits. We don't have examples <laughs> of shits. We we might <laughs> we might, but uh, like something we would cover for this week if this was a fantasy football segment would be like we'll tell you that Joe Burrow is back at practice, but things are looking up for the Bengals offense, right? He's he's a key cog in that little machine that goes. Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, T. Higgins, you're good to go on those players. Um, something you can probably want to put a little yellow light on, keep an eye out for. Travis Kelsey came up hobbling. They did some tests. Looks like it's a short-term injury, but he's questionable for the season opener. So keep an eye out on the news, especially games Thursday. So keep an eye out for that first-round pick going out. That might hurt. But uh, another tight end, good news, Kittle is back at practice, so you can start him with full confidence. Uh, quick highlight on that wide receiver, boys, and I'll throw it back to you for the Miller's Bears corner. First round wide receiver, Cooper Cup, uh, has been ruled out for week one, so you got to look elsewhere there. Uh, you know, uh, look, talking about looking elsewhere, you might want to also proceed with caution with the Packers wide receiver, both Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. Did not practice. Uh, so, you know, Sunday against our Bears. The Packers may be starting the third and fourth string wide receivers who I cannot even name. So that's what it is. Uh, you know, it should be a fun corner. We all play fantasy football. So just give trying to give you an edge and, you know, see if I can bring some positivity there. Boys, any thoughts? I'm I'm ready for it, man. I'm looking forward to it. I'm sup- I'm thinking that Randall Cobb is going to make an appearance if uh, Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs are not available. I know he's with the Jets, but you know, you know Cobb. He always comes back. He'll be he'll still be with the Packers. It's fine. Um, he'll show up. I heard I heard they just honored Jordy Nelson. See if he has any ops still. Maybe maybe they, he'll they'll play him. Put him back in the lineup or something. He's probably in Montana One, cutting some wood. <laughs> One thing we're also going to do during this segment is we each have our own fantasy team and we're going to talk to see how we're doing and see if uh, we're going to become champions towards the end. So we'll give some updates on, on our progress as well. So it's going to be a fun little segment that we have. So with that being said, it's time we say goodbye, but before we say goodbye, we got to remember all the good times that we've had in Miller's fair corners, all of the notes, all of the important information and how good Miller was at handling these bears. So Miller, take us through one last time through your bear corner. It is right. He's right. It's sad. You know it. The Chicago bear corner, where we do more than dive into the NFL bears. (laughs) (laughs) But this is the last week. We've discussed it previously. Miller's Bears Corner focuses on the new free agent acquisitions as well as the draftees of the Chicago Bears. Unfortunately, this is the last week, but it's also fortunate because we got a Bears game on Sunday. So let me run through them real quick. Some of the highlights that we discussed over the previous weeks, some of the lowlights, but mostly highlights. Obviously, one of the first ones we talked about, Robert Tunyon, a tight end coming to us. Next was Tyreek Stevenson, a cornerback that has taken the reins at the second quarterback position. Rookie of the year. Opposite of Jalen Johnson. 
We have our duo in the middle, Jervon Dexter and Zach Pickens, that better perform as defensive tackles. Roshan Johnson and Dante Foreman as our running backs with Khalil Herbert. Hoping to see something out of them. Darnell Wright and Nate Davis, the right stout of our offensive line. Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards that are going to be the elite linebackers of the Chicago Bears defense. And last but certainly not least is the new wide receiver weapons for our quarterback, Justin Fields, DJ Moore, and Tyler Scott. These boys are going to be on our team, and I could not be more excited about both of them. First of which is going to be DJ Moore. As most likely you've heard from listening to our podcast, the Bears traded the number one overall pick of the 2023 draft to the Carolina Panthers. In return, we got some draft picks along with DJ freaking Moore. He is the first true number one wide receiver that we've gotten since probably Brandon Marshall. He brings with him five straight 1,000-yard seasons. He's gotten 1,000 yards since he's been in the league. And if you take a dive into Carolina's cornerbacks, quarterbacks, sorry, you're looking at Darnold. You're looking at, oh, oh, who else? Who are we? Who else are we looking at from Carolina? I mean, Cam Newton, Baker Mayfield. I don't know if Cam Newton threw him the ball, but it's a big sack of Jamokes is what we're looking at for the quarterbacks that we're throwing DJ Moore the ball. So, I mean, hopefully, Justin being back there, improving on his delivery, will basically make this six one thousand yard seasons for DJ. The only knock on him is going to be his run after the catch. Typically, he doesn't have much. Uh, We did see that big play in the preseason game one, but historically, he does not get a lot of yards after the catch. With that being said, his catch radius and him catching the ball in traffic is elite. He just doesn't get separation after that. Uh, On top of that, the touchdown regression hopefully makes its way um, back up. He typically doesn't have too many touchdowns, but like I just mentioned, the quarterbacks throwing him the ball are pathetic to say the least, but hopefully we'll hear DJ's name in fantasy corner in the future. Uh, after that, we have Tyler Scott, the fourth round draft pick of out of Cincinnati. He is what they call a speed demon. He is fast, fast and fast. Think Tyree kill. That's what we're looking at for him. He comes off of a 2022 season. Uh, we have 55 catches, uh, 904 yards, and nine TDs out of Cincinnati. So uh, he does have, uh, like I mentioned, he's fast like Tyreek. He's small. You're not looking at him as a blocker, short arms. But you know what? He's going to he's gonna be speedy out there. So hopefully we see at least one connection with him and Justin going forward that we can make some splash plays. So obviously weapons are key for Justin Fields. I am super excited to see these guys on the field. It's, it's going to be a brand new offense. Look for it. We got, we got DJ Moore. We got chase Claypool. We have also 
Darnell Mooney, who was our number one, if you think back, which is kind of crazy. And we got Tyler Scott. So we got a wide receiver core with elite talent headed into this 2023 bear season. And you should be super excited. Thank you for joining me for Miller's Bears Corner. I hope you enjoyed it. Gave you a preview of all our studs that we gathered. Now let's see them perform on the field. So hopefully we have most of them appearing in the Fantasy Bears Corner. Thank you. And now let's get to that crosstown rivalry. Well, before update. we do that, this is the hardest I think I've ever been in your corner. So I'm very excited with the news you just gave me. Uh, I appreciate that. If it lasts over six hours, please get it checked. Oh, we don't need no we don't need no pills for that. All right, dude. If I it mean, lasts DJ for more than Moore, six hours. You're doing something right. <laughs> I mean, DJ Moore, man, you can't not be excited about having him on this team. You just we have to make sure that Justin more can get him the excited. Ball. We could not be I'm more correct excited. Correct my grammar, put, damn it. Put that on a t-shirt, as they say in uh, TNT. Oh, oh dude. Miller, it's, thank you for that positivity. Well, we all needed that in our life. Uh, we especially need that because I'm going to bring us all down. Okay? You guys ready for this? We're going to talk about the Crosstown. I know there's lots of positivity on the north side, but south side was in the news recently. Um, you know, we have done some cuckoo things. So some more cuckoo things coming up. Uh, Chris Getz was announced as the new GM for the White Sox this week. Um, he was in charge of the minor league, the you know player de- development there. Um, so I I want to share my opinion. I heard his um, I heard his uh, press conference. I heard Jerry Reinsoff, um uh, announcement. I I heard a couple other podcasts uh, relenting on that. So I just wanted to share my opinion. Okay, I've divided into three groups. Boys, you ready? Um, first off, I'm confused. Okay. And That's he, not the best one to start with. I, okay. I wanted to start there. And I, I, I'll end on a positive note, I promise. Um, I'm confused of the timing, right? Usually baseball, midseason, uh, you know, changes like this doesn't happen. That's why I'm confused. I'm confused because the scale of it, with what it happened. Our owner is 87 years old, the White Sox, Jerry Ryan stuff, right? And for him to do this pretty massive... Um, um, rebuild, um, the retool, whatever you call it. I I thought the timing was pretty uh pretty bad. I also thought, why didn't we look for more people, right? Why didn't we need to hire somebody right away, right? The timing of it confused me. Did we talk to more people? Like talking to more people, like uh, you know, I'm I'm confused because of all that, right? Next off, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed we didn't talk to people outside. The organization, right? Even if we don't hire them, they will at least tell us what they think of the White Sox. You will get to hear their opinions. You get to hear um, what's working, what's not working, what do they, in their opinion, what needs to be done, right? There would be a wealth of information coming in, new perspectives coming in. We would have all gathered from it. So I'm disappointed. Um, I'm disappointed. We, the owner still is there. Um, you know, like sell the team, Jerry, please. Thank you. I'm disappointed in that. I still think this is an attempt to save face uh, at my core. He he wants to do the same thing he has been doing, have some control. Uh, but this is a show. This is a fake show to show that someone new was in charge and new things are changing, blah, 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 blah. Right? 
And I told you guys I'll end on a positive note. Here's why I'm excited, okay? I'm excited because he's a former player. He's a recent player, right? There have been players that have been GMs, but they're older players. I'm happy that he's a newer player. I'm I'm excited because he knows what the problem of the organization is. He's been in these meetings. He's heard the media, right? So I'm excited that he knows what the issue is. So I want to look forward that this will be the right solution for, for us, right? And I'm excited because he sounds like a genuinely nice guy. He says the right thing. He wants to bring the player with the right mentality. He's saying the right thing, and I want to be excited for that, right? So, Oh, come on. Miller, do you want to go first, or should I start? Rant you over. can start. Okay, so as far as I can give you the answer to one of your questions as to why did it occur like this. And the reason has to be the World Series. Because once the World Series is over, the following day, MLB free agency officially starts. So you want to have some kind of position of what you think your needs are going to be. And the best person to do that has to be the new GM. You cannot have the GM come in during the playoffs because it's already wasted time. So you want to see what you have so you know what to clean house, you know what your your farm system looks like so that when the World Series is over, you already know who you're going to target for free agency. Miller, you did not have done it as the but, season ended, though. Usually that's when it happens, right? Not yes. if he... I mean, he's right, but he's... Why would you fire a GM after the trade deadline? That doesn't make any sense. So in my opinion, this happened because of fan outrage, which is never a good move for an organization. You need to be able to have the stones to do it on your agenda. And the bottom line is these guys deserve to be fired previously, but to let them go through the trade deadline, do what they thought was best for the organization, and maybe it is best, but I'm letting sorry, these I- guys do it is not the right call. I disagree because let's be honest. If they, if a new GM was brought in before the trade deadline, the same players that got dealt would have gotten dealt anyway. So it would not have mattered. I think you're just from a, from a figurehead position, it would not have mattered. Now, why you do it, why you do it after, I think it was already agreed upon. I think Jerry pulled the trigger and said, Listen, it's going to be a rebuild. You guys have to trade me these guys. And you're going to get fired afterwards. I think like that's if, how probably it went. If you, know it's an in, if you know it's an internal candidate, you know that guy already knows the organization. It's not like you're bringing in somebody from I don't the outside that doesn't know what's going on. They but, know what the strengths and weaknesses but, are of their players. And most of them. Not everyone does, though. Supposedly, not everyone does. If you're going to hire him, he better. He, Supposedly, Kenny and um, whatever the GM was, don't even forget, forget his name. Rakan. Rakan. They supposedly had very different um, understanding, expectations. So there were two voices at the top, supposedly. The, the, the de- decisions that were being made were like not being made to be one strategic move. They were like going old school and new school, in a way, is what I've heard. I don't know how true it is. Chicago, the Cubs went through that as well. But like at the end of the day, I think 
the right move was made. I don't know much about your candidate. The one thing I will say is um, having a former player be a GM in baseball doesn't work all the time. Moneyball gets brought in. It gets it gets this thought like just because you're a former player you might know how to talk to him. But as we all know, baseball has been taken over by analytics. So he's probably going to hire the best analytics team that he can probably get. If Jerry Reinsdorf decides to do a full rebuild and wants to actually put money into the farm system analytics, it has to be 100% involved. However, no one gives a shit about the White Sox. Miller, are we ready to to transition into the north side here? Go Cubs, go! Go Cubs, go! Hey, Chicago, what do you say? Cubs are gonna win today. Woo! Are the Cubbies on a roll, baby? Let's get some positivity up in this joint. We're done with that Southside bullshit. The Cubs are hot. The Cubs are playoff hungry. And we are ready to roll. What is your biggest takeaway of this last week, CJ? Because I know I have plenty. Um, well, Cubs have won four straight. I did make one small mistake. I thought we were eight out of the last ten. We're still set. We've won seven of the last ten, which is still pretty good. Um, my biggest story is Justin Steele pitched a beauty. Pitched a beauty against the Giants. <laughs> Eight innings, two hits, striking out a career-high 12. And I didn't know he's been getting um, Cy Young recognition, which is very exciting. I think if the Cubs continue, I think if the Cubs win the division, I think he's going to be flat out the Cy Young winner here. Um, but I'm, I'm very happy with it. Uh, he's uh, As of right now, he's been... Uh, on 26 starts, I believe it's 2.5 ER, 2.55 ERA, and uh, he's got 16 wins over three losses. Miller, I I think you want to talk about the last couple series, though, huh? Dude, we have talked a lot about Cubs baseball these last few weeks be- for important reasons. We've notated the scheduling. We have talked about the necessity for these guys to get Ws. And what have they done before the All-Star break, after the All-Star break? All they're doing is getting wins. They are winning upon winning. The baseball that they're playing is fantastic. The defense, the offense, and that is what I want to focus on today. The offense on this team is on a historic pace as far as the Cubs are concerned. The Cubs have scored at least 10 runs in 22 games this season, which for the Cubs organization is their most in a single season since 1935. And overall, it is the fourth most 10 run games in a single season since 1900. That is crazy. They're scoring runs on an historic pace. You look at the game today, yesterday, and it's just like, They swept the freaking Giants. The Giants are a team that they're competing for a wild card, and they not only beat them, they swept them. I mean, it's upsetting to me that they couldn't sweep the the Royals, the Mets, and all the other shitty teams that they played, but they swept the Giants. The team that they needed to, they did. But their offense is just 
the key right now. And you talked about Justin Steele being a Cy Young winner. You also have to talk about Cody Bellinger being a MVP candidate because he will get votes because he has been on a historic pace. And the other reason why we're in the position we are is a guy that we definitely have differing differing opinions on, especially earlier this year. Yep. Seiya Suzuki. I was struggling with him early on. He was he was not very good. His offense was off. It was inconsistent. He wasn't doing what he was supposed to be brought in on. We discussed that a few episodes previously. And what he's done in the last 24 games is just off the charts. Since, to his credit, we talked about this earlier this year, and I'm sure I'm going to get shit for it on socials. David Ross's credit, he sent Seiya down for a few games to get his swing corrected. He proceeded to bring him back up into the lineup, and he's hitting like 330 in the last 24 games, just tearing the cover off the ball. The offense of this team, when you look at the names, it may not jump off the page, but they are producing in all different ways, and it is fun to watch. They're never out of a game. They're always in it, and that's something you can't say out of all teams. Like the other day, I think it was yesterday or the day before, something like that, the Cubs were down 4-0 going into like the third or fourth inning, and they proceeded to have a four-run inning to tie the game. They're putting crooked numbers on the board, and it's impressive to watch, and they're must-see baseball, let's be honest. They are They are fun. Their team's exciting. They're stealing bases, hitting home runs, hitting doubles, playing the way the game is meant to be played. And it's fun. And I'm watching it. I'm tuning in all the time. And it's sad. I haven't done this in a few years. But you know what? I'm all in, dude. I can't wait to watch this stretch run in October. I, I will in say I've, I've been very big on Suzuki. I felt like he was also a player that he needed to get into it so that the Cubs had a chance. One thing that we can't forget about Suzuki, though, is that he did have an injury. And that's another reason why they had to bring him down. Um, so I'm very, very proud of of seeing that. And I want to end uh, this on a note. I brought it up a couple episodes. I stopped because it kept it kept coming up all the time, and it was just I was just tired of bringing it up. But I'm gonna go ahead and bring it up, and I'm gonna go ahead and ask the group in the National League how many teams have a run differential in the hundreds. In the National League. Two. Two in the National League, Miller? I would say two. You would say two? You would both be incorrect. There's only one team in the National League with a plus 100 run differential, and it is the Chicago Cubs. No shit! Yes. <laughs> Holy That's fuck. not true. That's not true. Dodgers <laughs> and Braves. The, oh, you know what? You might be right. You're at, you know what? I was in the wild card spot. So in the wild card, you are correct. I Jesus, dude, I got so excited come on, However, be a better data guy. I know, I know. But in the in the National League Central, we are the only ones in the hundreds. But it goes back to what we were saying before. We're winning close games, and we're also winning these dominating games where we, we won 15. We scored 15 against Cincy. So it's 
even in the series against the Giants, we hit 20 runs totals uh, to, to complete the series. So it's. I will say that I'm a little concerned of this Cincinnati series that we just played. Um, it was a technically a four game set. Uh, we had a makeup game that we did win, um, but we lost two of those. So we split the four game technical series. We lost two in the bottom of the ninth. Two walk offs from Cincinnati due to pull due to our bullpen. It's a little concerning, but we knew the bull. It is what it is. We knew the bullpen. I will say that Azalea, who is our closer, has been lights out for the most part. So you expect some sort of bump to come down that road. Um, it's unfortunate it happened because realistically, we should have won all four of those games. It's just, it's, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I think I might be an eight. I might be an eight. After oh the sweep well, of the Giants, I might that, have a Before we get to that, before we get to that, just, we are still within three games, which I said you want to stay within three um, for the Central. We are actually plus three in the wild card, so we do have a little bit of a buffer there. We are going to hit a little bit of turbulence here with the schedule. Um, mm. Schedule is really tough down the line. Um, it's a bunch of central opponents, which isn't great. It's a bunch of West opponents, which isn't great. But we'll see. We'll see. They're performing, man. I, I would have never expected to sweep the Giants, to be honest. Uh, I was a little sad after the weekend series with Cincy, but to come back and just sweep the Giants is is just something. It's exactly It's exactly what we needed. So... We have to start with the the White Sox. Open. What is your positivity rating for the White Sox? A lot of changes. I I was at a four last week. I think I'm gonna go back to three. I want to be positive, but I don't know. Lots of moves. Don't feel good about them. Lots of halfway measures. Right, they're not going all the way. I think it's just like almost there, but not really. I'm gonna go back to a three. I think. How about you guys? You guys are flying high. What numbers do you guys got? I'm at an eight, like I just said. I, I, dude, I am feeling the juju. I am, I'm loving it. I'm tuning in to every freaking game. I'm sitting on my couch, turning it on and watching it. There, it's must see TV. They're never out of it. It's, they're going to contend. These, Pitchers that are coming that we brought up from the minors are pitching lights out. Javier Assad, like we talked about a few weeks ago, needed to step up. He's got a sub two ERA over like four starts. Are you kidding He's been me? Good. It's, He's been it's good. It's 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 nuts. The playoff rotation is a concern if we get there, but I think we're in Listen, a good spot. I hate to be the the Debbie Downer, but. I believe I was at an eight and a half for quite some time here. Losing against the Reds really brought me down. So I'm going to say we're a five. I'm just fucking with you. (laughs) Daddy's riding high. We're a high nine, baby. We're a high nine. I said this before you guys laughed at me. I said that the Cubs would be competitive for the wild card or the central. I believe I still have a steak bet dinner riding with this. And that is fantastic. But here's the one thing I will say about this team. The pitching still scares me. However, even if the Cubs make the wild card, it's still a chance because Steele 
can pitch that game. So the fact that Steel can pitch that wild card game and get us into it's the It's divisional- no longer one game. <clears throat> it's three. It's a three game series. Well, fuck me. However, he can still pitch Steel, game one. No, he can still pitch I, game one. He can still pitch game one, and Hendricks can go two. That's an Assad three. That's still pretty fucking good. The yeah. one thing that I will, I will say, mad, mad props, Mr. Ross, during our history of this podcast, it's been up and down. It's been up and down with you, sir, but thank you for keeping it up. This, this has been a fantastic run. I can't. I cannot wait for the Cubs to. Oh, I'm gonna make a prediction. I'm gonna make mm. a prediction. I can't wait. The Cubs will be in first place the next time we record. Ooh. The Cubs will be in first place. You guys are probably. I know we we're extending this way too long than it should be, and I don't care. You know why the Cubs will be in first place? Bring it, Daddy. The Brewers have to play the Yankees at New York. They have to play at Miami, who is still contending. And then they have to play Miami again, and then Washington, and then to end it with us. Between the Cubs playing, um, who was it? Uh, hold on, I'm pulling up their schedule here. Diamondbacks and Rockies. Thank you. There's a chance the Cubs in that game, because it's, what, four against Arizona and three, so of the seven, the Cubs can easily take five. Dude, easily you take way five. too much confidence, but I love it. I love it. I think... The slump for Milwaukee starts with the Yankees. They will get swept against the Yankees. What? I'm calling it now. I am calling it now. Listen, listen to me. I am I am saying it now. The next time we record, the Cubs will either have a half game lead or a one and a half game lead in the Central Division. What is, is this the, the same bet? guy that's gonna be placing the the parlay bets for the trio of positivity? I feel like oh it my is. God, we didn't even talk about that. We didn't even yeah. talk about that. You're absolutely yeah. right. Hey, keep an eye out on the socials. Chris is going to do parlays. Yes. Who's Who Chris? the fuck is Chris? <laughs> He's our producer. Oh, our producer. We are going to be introducing in uh, both of our socials a small short, which would be 30 seconds or 45, of dumb parlays, where we're going to pick smart parlays. NFL games. No, it's dumb parlays. because No, smart. They're, when they ask, well, how, how did you get to these picks? <laughs> no fucking idea, and that usually seems to work half the time. So it'll be a fun little thing, and we'll probably no, keep no, track of no, the no, no, CJ, it's correct. Do not advertise. That is not compliance approved. You can't advertise that it works half the time when it's worked of the none time. the time. It's two percent of the time. No, no, no. Wait, 2% no, hold on. What's, of the time, it works hundred percent of the yeah. <laughs> it works say, every time. It, it, it works two percent uh, of the time. It works hundred percent of the time. Every, yeah, like it works half the time, a hundred percent of the time, or something like that. So more like two percent. But Boopin, go ahead and uh, take us on to the uh, awesome. to the break. What do we have for the next segment? All right, um, we are wrapping this up. We have a very special guest on the other side. We'll be talking a bear season opener versus the Packers with a very special guest. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hello, Miller here. Start over. (laughs) No, just keep it. We're keeping this in. Keep it. No, we're not. Run it. Start over. Start over. I'm keeping it. Just go. Just go. Hello, Miller here. We have a few exciting things happening with the start of football season. 
We have bets, Bears post-game reports, and deep dives into opponents coming directly to you. We cannot wait to bring this to you. Thank you for listening. Be sure to like and follow the T.O.P. podcast. Welcome back. It is a huge week. And for the main segment, we have quite a treat for you. We want to welcome a very special guest for this segment. Before we do that, let me introduce a segment, right? We all know what week it is. NFL is back, baby! Not just NFL is back. Probably one of the most storied rivalry in all of NFL is back, too. But week one, the Chicago Bears are playing the Green Bay Packers, and we have a diehard Packers fan to talk it through us. Please welcome Mr. Doge himself, Preston. Wow, we're doing last names. Yeah, wow, wow. Well, I'm outed now, but appreciate yeah. it. I'll never do last names. Yeah, Mr. Uh, Boopin, we, thank we, you. We will cut that out and edit. I guess. I guess. Yeah, that's all the sound bites we get. That's the most. That's you're getting the most sound bites of our budget that we're allowing. We're only allowed like five sounds per episode, so you already got one. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, again, huge week. Um, you know, Preston, how are you feeling? How are you excited for week one? Let's start there. I'll tell you, hey there, hey, I'm feeling surprisingly good as a Packers fan. Um, I know you wouldn't have believed that. I think you guys asked me on to just uh, beat me up a little because I don't have a world-class quarterback anymore, as I know you're going to stick it to me. But I'm feeling better than expected. Uh, you know, and we're going to get into that, right? But uh, other than that, life is good outside of football, too. So I'm, I'm happy to be talking to my buddies. Let's let's talk some football. I love that. I love the energy coming out of the freaking the cheese heads from up north. <laughs> no complaints here. I just know. I know. I, 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 I get it. It's Packers, Bears, but we can't get away from Aaron Rodgers, right? You've heard all the noise going on on the East Coast with him restructuring his contract to make room for Dalvin Cook. He never did that for you guys. How does that make you feel? <laughs> um, well, uh, starting with that, okay, Mr. Mike. Uh, yes, I am happy to talk about how sad I am that Aaron Rodgers is not a great person. Um, but, you know, I actually don't feel bad. Uh, he got some great years out of him, and I think he is one of the best quarterbacks of all time. But the more I've learned about him as a person, the more I think he might be one of the worst humans of all time. So he can he can take his talents wherever he wants. If I don't have to deal with it, uh, he can, you know, bring his whole uh, was it ayahuasca show and uh, he can do all that. Um, I'm, I'm happy to not have that distraction. So I, I I will say, yeah, he makes the team better. But and on a, in a talent perspective, but not on a personal perspective. So we can, we can we can definitely cheers to the fact that Aaron Rodgers is no longer in the NFC. Hell yeah, baby! Get that fire! I, I will I will miss the owner, this the previous owner of Soldier Field though. He brought yeah. good memories. He brought good memories to that field. Dad went to get cigarettes and never came back. Seriously. At this point, I think we're just leasing the Bears for now. So we'll have to see how hey, that hey, goes. Hey. <laughs> Hey, 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 okay. Crazy. So is the city of Chicago, too. <laughs> oh. 
Okay, let's bring it to the present. Your current quarterback, Jordan Love. What is your initial thoughts? What are your expectations going into this year? Well, when you guys asked me to talk about this, I was thinking about it. And then I remembered uh, Aaron Rodgers went 6-10 and 10 his first season. He went 8-9 and nine his last <laughs> season. So even with all that talent, you know, it does. you can have the best quarterback and not have a great team. And then I remembered uh, Rex Grossman went to a Super Bowl with the Bears. So how... <laughs> How am I feeling? I'm feeling like if they have enough pieces around him, Jordan Love does not have to be the all-star. Jordan Love can just be adequate, and that might be enough this year. And that's why I'm excited, you know, when I said at the beginning. I, I think if he can minimize mistakes, he doesn't have to win games himself. If they put enough talent around him, that's a perfectly acceptable way to win games too. And it, it's going to be weird for me, right? My whole life I've only had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So it's going to yeah, be weird. Yeah, that sounds painful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> it makes those really rough in Green Bay. They're comparing... A Hall of Famer and a future Hall of Famer. No, God, no, no. who wants to be you? Well, no. when, when Jordan Love goes to the Hall of Fame third, how are you guys going to feel? So, uh, oh God, yeah. don't say that. <laughs> no. But um, in your defense, I did hear one analyst say that last year he felt that the Packers were probably it was the best roster that Aaron Rodgers had ever played on. Uh, obviously you had your injuries to multiple key positions. Um, but I will advocate on that note. The roster is put together pretty well. So it'll be interesting to see if Jordan love can move this thing along. And, and like I'm saying, if he doesn't lose the games, I think they're in them. Um, he, yeah. he, he doesn't have to be the man. He just can't be, you know, I, who's the worst quarterback. I can't, I can't even think of like who, who would I compare to as the worst quarterback of all time? Who would you guys say? We just, just, name a pair, just name a Bears quarterback. <laughs> what, Mitch Trubisky, was... maybe? <laughs> no, how dare you, Mitch. Mitch Mitch is an MVP. Again, you guys have put some respect on his name, okay? I will say this, though. It does sound like you are not expecting a lot of Jordan Love. You're just kind of expecting him to, in other words, drive the bus. You don't necessarily need him to... Um, take over anything like that. What do you feel is one of your best, uh, your best uh, positions or or your best quality of the team? Like, is it your offense, your defense, special teams? What 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 do you, what do you uh, what do you like so far? So I I would say defense, and that's interesting for me to say. In that the you know uh, Mike, you kind of said that you know the Packers have extreme talent. Uh, Rashawn Gary, you know the line. Uh, I think the top player on the team is Jair Alexander. Right? If if I just had to say. Pound for pound, who's the best player right now? It's a cornerback. But he is, you know, at, in, in all metrics, at least top three cornerbacks in the league. So that that's a great thing to have, a shutdown corner. Um, I also think the running backs are great, right? And, you know, the hard thing with running backs, and you guys have probably talked about it or will talk about it, is running backs is kind of a dying position where they just get replenished. So there's there's no promise that, you know, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are going to, you know, power through again. But as is, they're they're good. Um, so yeah, you, uh, CJ, as you're saying, uh, you know, if he can drive the bus and not turn it over, uh, that is huge. You know, let I, I'm also a Badgers fan, as you guys know. So if, if you can run the ball and be good enough at it, and your defense doesn't give up a ton of points, you're still going to win games. It won't be flashy. And I go back to my I've had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. I'm not going to be seeing you know the 80 yard touchdowns necessarily, but you can have an 80 yard touchdown drive with 13 plays, and that's just as good in the long run. 
So that's kind of where I see it going. It's, it's going to be maybe less fun to watch at times, um, more methodical, but that's not necessarily a, a way to lose either. Yeah, like, interesting you brought up running back, slightly off topic, but you guys were surprisingly third in the running for Jonathan Taylor. Did you guys, <laughs> did you hear that? I, that was shocking to well, me. Well, rumor, rumor has it that there's still a chance that a trade occurs, so there, well, it's still very possible. Rumor has it that a Badger who goes on podcasts with his friends might have called Jonathan Taylor and said, hey, buddy, can you come back to Wisconsin? Um, Do you want to drive on those roads in Indy? Huh? Do you want to drive? Uh, that was a recording of the call I just got. <laughs> you'll, you'll have to play that that audio clip next episode. But yeah, no, uh, I, I I would love that. But at the same time, you know, and, and we can talk about him too if you want. I know we want to talk Packers Bears more, but uh, the running back getting paid position is just a really interesting phenomenon where they're not paying running backs because they replace so fast. What's and, what's your opinion on that then? That's actually a really good because we we've had discussions. Miller's very strong on he's pro owner in this particular example when it comes to Don't make it sound Taylor. bad. I'm not pro owner. I'm You're just pro owner. You're I'm pro not owner. owner. I just Boop, don't think Boopin, paying running back I got a 15 head nod, million yes. 15 mm. million a year is worthwhile for an organization. I think that money should go towards building the line. I mean, more Miller's than it should a banker. Miller's a, a banker. He's a capitalist. <laughs> we all know. We all know where but he it stands. But does, it does transition to the question where you've had, a, like, the Bears, I think, have had a good, like, I don't think they've had a top tier running back. They've had a good, um, like, they've had a good, like, maybe, I don't know, top 15, I want to say. If you're talking about recency, right? Because you are recency. forgetting sweetness, recency. right? We're not talking <laughs> about all time. We weren't born for sweetness, so let's all be honest <laughs> and, there, too. And Matt Forte wasn't bad either. <laughs> yeah, but Matt Forte is uh, amongst the other names that were out there. He was still not a top running back at at that time. So that's it. And kind of going with what I was going to ask our our guest here. Do you feel that that position will die out or do you feel like it's going to get to a point where we are just going to have to see higher salaries for these guys? Uh, so loaded question, but Very I guess so. I'll, I'll answer like this. I think at some point owners like Mr. Mike here will have to pay the top tier. And that's where I think it's crazy. They're not paying Jonathan Taylor. Who's what the last two seasons been top what would you say? Top three running back, right? Like, I mean, you know, not least, last year, not yeah. last year, but yeah, I get okay. your point. you average. If you average the years, he would be a top five. Yeah. And yo, know, I don't, I didn't have the stats in front of me, but right. Like he's, he's up there. And so I think you have to pay those guys. I think it's going to kill off, not kill off. Right. But basically uh, you're going to lose the mid tier to low tier getting paid um, because mm-hmm. you can find a receiver, a, a uh, gadget player, right? Like someone that can do both is going to become a lot more valuable. Um, and that, that's where I think, you know, you're still going to get paid if you're in the top five, 10, but other than that, you're just going to see a drop off. But you ask my opinion, that doesn't mean that's right, but that's what I would say. With that, with that, do you, I agree with that premise. You pay the top of the top, but do you feel like the top of the top will change positions? Like you could have a great running back coming out of high school, but now he knows that a lot of these running backs aren't going to get paid. So he may transition to like a wide receiver role where he can get paid for a longer period of time. And I think that could possibly come to fruition. That's already happening though. Yeah. 
I mean, yes, you will see that, right? People, it, it's economics, banker man, right? I mean, supply and demand. If, if the money's there, eventually it's going to trickle down and the, the high schoolers are going to realize that. So, yes, you are going to see some of very talented running backs go to receiver um, unless they see that the top. So it, it's going to be, but do you only, think you can be the top or not? Well, not only that, but most of the two-way players that are out there, they're, they're not even playing on the running back side. They're, they're either wide receiver or they're corners or, or safeties, or even some are middle linebackers. So I think those two-ways are just going to, even tight ends, tight ends are getting a lot of love um, from the recruiting side too. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're just sticking to those positions, especially if you're going to be like a, what is it, a five-star recruit? That's the, they do stars for high school, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, uh, talking about, like, we try to be balanced on this podcast, right? We we are huge Bears fans. We are probably homers. But um, eh. talking about the Packers, you, are, you guys are one of the youngest team in the league, which is, I think, a huge plus for the future, if not this year. You guys got a lot of off-season buzz. You guys probably had one of the best camps. Uh, from what I've heard, too. So, as a whole, you think the 2023 Packers season, um, like, you know, uh, we do positivity scale on this podcast, yeah. Preston, <laughs> zero, 0 to 10, right? Like, 10 being we're going to the Super Bowl, I guess. and Zero, zero being, being like, the White Sox. Zero, zero <laughs> being the White Sox. Thank you. Thank you for that dig. Thank you so You're much. Welcome. Uh, but, like, like, just talk through, if you could tell us, what, what, do you, what are your expectations from the team? Um, and, and a rating at the end will be awesome. Yeah, well, I don't think we're going to be without a GM for part of our season, so I guess we're not a zero. Um, and, <laughs> so, uh, but um, hey, there is a new GM. Oh, okay. Well, for part of the season, there wasn't. All right. Uh, anyway, <laughs> keeping it going. Um, no, I'm. I'm not super homer going to say Super Bowl. I am tempered expectations. I think nine and eight. Um, Plus or minus two is, is reasonable. And, you know, I, wild card? I, I think fringe wild card. And I'm going to, you know, you guys are going to ask me about the game that we're about to have and where I think how they're going to play the Bears. I think the last game of the season, and if you guys will have me back, if this goes well enough, I think that will be <laughs> a, a key game. I, I think that's going to be a make or break for one or both of the teams, um, if I'm being honest, for God, it's that. almost like you'd listen to the last episode because someone here said exactly the same thing. Oh, <laughs> I'll be honest, I didn't. But um, and it wasn't <laughs> Miller. <laughs> um, but no. So you're asking how positive? I think they're on that fringe of you know the right. Like again, it it, it falls on love. If love doesn't turn the ball over, I, I don't need him. I don't need three thousand yards. I need him not to turn it over. Right? You know, keep keep field position. Okay. Keep let the rest of the people do their work. Um, the thing that scares me today, I saw, and I don't know if you guys saw it, uh, the top two receivers, Dubs and Watson, um, are potentially hurt, right? Uh, awesome. And, did not know that. I just did a fantasy draft. Well, yeah. that, that's on you. But, um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that's, I think that could be more important than anything. Like I, I think Watson started showing up end of last year, and if he can, if he can be a, a reliable target – that changes the complexity completely. Whereas if both of them are out and we're, you know, going down a couple of receivers, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have quite as much positivity. So you wanted a number. I rambled, um, but you knew who I, I was and what you're getting into. Um, I, I'm going to say a five or six, if I'm being honest, um, okay. you know, you know, yeah. and, and it's middle of the road. I think the right things can go the right way and they'll be in the playoffs. 
But I could see, you know, a, one Jair Alexander goes down in the first game, right? Yeah, ask me again, and I'm at like a two, right? Like it's there's a few key players that could could knock that out real fast. That's fair. Yeah. All right, let's focus on our team because that's really the team we care about. Our quarterback, you know him, Justin Fields. He's been in your life for many years, being from Ohio State. Ugh, um, why'd you say that? <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on him? We have a homer mentality. Well, at least two of us, we think he could be the guy. Um, what are your thoughts from an outsider's perspective? Uh, well, you brought up Ohio State, which was a mistake because um, they're <laughs> gross. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think he's the guy for you guys as an outsider because I think he's great. I think he can do a lot. I think he's going to get hurt. I mean, look at every running quarterback and how many of them have survived multiple seasons, right? I mean, it's a, you can count them on a hand of people. You go, oh, yeah, they're a running quarterback and they stuck around. Um, I think he can win games. I think he's, you know, I've seen him do it in college and I think he could do it in the pros too, but I don't think he's your, your, I don't think he's your Aaron Rodgers or your Brett Favre. I think he's your two to four year solution and he takes a knee injury sometime in the next four years, you know, maybe game one this year, maybe four years from now, but whenever that is, and he comes back and he loses a step or two, you, he's not winning it out of the pocket. So I don't think he's your long-term solution, but I'm still scared of him. So, Ow. so it almost, it almost yeah, sounds like, it almost sounds that, like you're saying part. Justin Fields won't throw for 4,000 yards. Uh, I mean, he did the, not say that. I, I am saying that though, because, uh, <laughs> CJ did not, but I will because I'll say he might throw for four thousand yards, but the receivers aren't catching for four thousand yards. So, hey, hey, <laughs> fair enough. Hey, our number one's better than both of your number ones combined. Oh, I'm not making fun of the receivers. It has to hit the receivers for them to catch it. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Okay, okay. All this talk, <laughs> all this talk. Let's give a prediction, right? We can go around the horn. Uh, Preston, what do you think would be the final score for Game One? Season opener. Game one is going to be ugly, and I mean that. It, if we talk again, we are both going to say, wow, that game was ugly on both sides. Um, I think it's going to be something like 17-14 uh, with, like, I don't know, some dumb missed field goal or something dumb at the end where we're like, wow, because it, it's just going to be, I, I don't know. It, you've you got DJ Moore, right? And uh, that helps a lot. They can't. Jair Alexander will take over one spot, but you'll have DJ Moore. If the Packers just keep it to shallow passes, though, they're going to get a lot of three and outs. And if the Packers are running it a lot and Jordan Love's not throwing, it's going to be a lot of three and outs. So I see this a defense game, 17-14 Packers. So right. given given the uh, last episode, I believe I have Packers as well. Miller? I have Packers as well. Wow. Boopin is the lone Boopin is the lone homer here. So I I'm think I'm gonna call it twenty one fourteen bears. Oh. oh wow. That's that's fourteen more than I thought he was gonna get, but all right. <laughs> well, yeah, I, do I, agree. I, was, I think go ahead, I, I'm gonna say twenty three twenty one Packers personally. I just think I, I'm I'm scared of Justin Fields. I'm scared that he's not going to take that next step that he's supposed to. Um, oh. We'll see. Preston, um, if I heard right, you guys have a rookie kicker, a rookie long snapper, <laughs> a rookie punter too, don't you? 
So, Boopin, you caught when I said it's going to be an ugly game, right? Uh, yes. Um, we, we don't have Mason Crosby anymore. We have a guy who can kick 60 yarders, which is awesome, but not very accurately. So, when I say ugly, I, there might be four or five missed field goals on both sides of this game. And, you know, just a, I, you know, I, I hope you guys talk about it next week. But I, I, if, if I'm right, and I think you guys are all feeling similar, it's going to be an ugly game all around. Yeah. I, I have uh, 24 10 Packers. Whoa. Oh. But you are also the biggest hater of Justin Fields well, in Chicago. And, and this yeah. is going to lead me to. <laughs> Um, a question Steelers to Preston fans say here. What? This is going to lead me to a question that I was going to give to our guest, Preston, because it seems like him and I are, have the same vibes, unlike the other homers that are on this uh, on this podcast. But I was telling the boys that the off season and the preseason did not excite me being a Bears fan um, compared to what Hard Knocks has done to the Jet fans, which I've seen. And there's a funny story that uh, came from that uh, episode, which Aaron Rodgers apparently saw a UFO in 2005. <laughs> so I guess that explains a lot of what he's oh. been doing. But given the, given what you've seen, Got that anal in, probe. <laughs> given what you've seen in the preseason for your team, I personally was not excited for the Bears. What what did you feel um, during preseason for your for your Packers? Ah, uh, so. Didn't see a lot of love, and I'll, I'll be honest, I don't like preseason in general. I don't think it means much. Um, but love looked at least controlled enough to make competent passes, right? So I like that. You know, they didn't throw anything wild, so who knows? But he he looked like he could do it. Um, and a lot of the rookies, you know, didn't have the usual stupid rookie mistakes. Um, I think, Boop, and you've got some of the stats, but I – uh, some of the uh, rankings of the Packers preseason were like number one. And I, I don't think that means they'll win. I just think it means some of the people they've drafted recently and some of the younger guys, you know, maybe a lot closer to playing than, than expected, which is very helpful when you're having a rebuild year like this. So that was my takeaway is that there's going to be some step ups that I didn't expect. You know, I'm not even going to name them all because it's, it's going to be surprising, but there are young guys who stepped up and look competent. Uh, which is just yeah. a breath of fresh air. I think you, um, Colts, and um, Rams are in the running to be the youngest team in the NFL. That's how young your rosters are. But, uh, you know, we talked about how storied this rivalry is, goes back hundreds of years. Just wanted to revel in that in a minute, <laughs> if that's okay. Like, you know, you probably have better memories than we do, but uh, when we talk about this rivalry, what's the best moment that comes to mind you know uh could be obviously the packers win i'm assuming but is there a moment that sticks out in the history of this crazy long uh, rivalry that goes back decades now well well boop and you started the question with this uh rivalry was going on hundreds of years so in the 1700s when my good old packers <laughs> took on the bears during the revolutionary war that was my favorite memory they stopped the war with england just to play a football game and said it won't be called soccer or something. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> sorry, Boobin, just going to play with you a little bit. But no, um, favorite memory? I'll, I'll, go, I'll go 2011. And oh, it, you broke my heart. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. It's, oh. And I, I'm going to say twice, right? It was the last game of the oh. season. Packers, Bears, Packers had to win to make the playoffs. And they beat the Bears. That's exciting, right? Then they meet in the playoffs for the first time since, and I know, Boop, and you're Mr. Fact Check. It's probably in the 40s. Like, it had been a long time since the Packers and Bears played in the playoffs. 
and the infamous Jay Cutler game, which uh, one day I'll, I'll, I'll tell my Jay Cutler story to you guys. But uh, that playoff win to go to the Super Bowl, that's probably it, if, if you want mine. No, God, that was fucking heartbreaking. Yeah, was that the one where the receiver was left wide open? Yeah, at the end of it. Yeah, no, that was just week seventeen. That was week seventeen. Week seventeen. I still remember where it was like the last play and the receiver was just by himself. We lost like ten to three, right? It was like an ugly game. It was like a like crazy pass to Cobb. Yeah, win the, the game. The no, that down. was the one. That's the one I'm thinking of, isn't it? Because I my mine isn't a good one. Obviously, we don't have very many good ones with the Packers over my lifetime. But the the one that hurts me the most is opening day 2018, when the Bears. Oh no! Yeah, we're feeling pretty good about them, their lives, and they face the Packers first game of the year. They managed to injure J- or Aaron Rodgers. He went to the locker room and proceeded to come out after oh, halftime and yeah. just win the game. In the last <laughs> yeah, did, did some think, medicine in yeah. the locker room. I think that's the Randall Cobb one that you're talking about. No, I think it was both Randall Cobb. I think. Uh, of course in- it is. It's always fucking <laughs> Randall Cobb. Because that other play, it was like our defense just forgot to cover him and he was wide open in a game that would probably go to overtime or something and we lost but yeah then they beat us pretty handily in the but like the good thing is they won the super bowl that year too so like you know we lost to the eventual but oh my god that hurts so much yeah like miller said we don't have any fond memories in our lifetime but oh that hurt all right cj we need a prediction from you because you didn't give us a score prediction and your favorite memory let's go he did 2410. I, I, I said 2410. Oh, yeah, he did Packers. say 2410. Damn it. Whiskey. <laughs> or okay. ayahuasca. Um, <laughs> or ayahuasca, yeah. Hey, do you see any UFOs out there? Um, my my favorite memory was Erlacher sacking Brett Favre. <laughs> and the reason that that's my favorite memory is I had a co-worker of mine um, if I remember the story right, there's a picture of Erlacher getting sacked in one of these games, and I forgot which one it was, but uh, he managed to have Erlacher sign the picture and also Brett Favre sign the picture. <laughs> so that's that's always been uh, a memory that I'm like, I I remember that. And, and also, it is kind of sad that that's kind of what... The, those are the memories that we have when, when it comes to like yeah, Bears right? and Packers. Like We have to go that far back. I actually want to change my answer. I remember the number 99 we drafted. Forgot what his name was. He sacked Rogers, and there's that popular meme of Rogers when uh, he's on the ground and the helmet is coming uh, off his yeah. head. Was it Gibson? Thing. Was it Gibson? No. 99. Sean, he, did, he went on to the Patriots, and, you know, it was like a. Can't think of the end. name off the top of my yeah. head. Something dumb. Some some guy. But, like, Whatever. yeah. That was, yeah. I- I hope that okay. guy listens to this podcast now, Boop, and he's like, well, this guy thinks I'm dumb. <laughs> I think we picked him. He was not supposed to go that high, and I think we picked him in the like the first round. I think everyone was mad at him anyway. Oh, he was wait. Going- oh, my God. I remember that now. Oh, what's, what's his name, though? I remember there was like a backlash that we did draft him in the first round. It's fine. Okay. We, we have a lot of backlashes about first round picks. We don't need to dwell on this. 
I mean, as as we like look through this, uh, Preston, we know you are a huge uh, Brewers fan as well. We got a couple of um, you know Wrigley fans. Why is the Sox here. fan introducing this question? I, yeah, no, let's start over. Are you ready for the Cubs to be on your ass? Because we are one and a half games back, baby. Uh, I'm not worried. I am worried, but I'm not worried. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, no, the, the the Cubs team is is turned it around. I thought they did better at the the trade deadline than the Brewers. That made me pretty sad. Um, but I think pitching will ultimately. So that's another one. Um, the, the last series of the se- season, Cubs Brewers, to <laughs> get. Yeah, I think it comes down to that. I I think one of the. I think I think it'll be close enough where one of the teams will be close enough to tie the other. I think it'll still be Brewers ahead, and they have to win one of the two to win it. And if they lose both, it'll go to tiebreakers. Um, oh, that'll be great. But I think I both of them will be in the wild card, right? Yes. I, or whatever team will be in the wild card. It's looking more and more like that, yeah. So yeah. I think they're both in the playoffs, but I still want that division, even though even though it's also quite possible that they play each other for the first round, which would just be ridiculous. Yeah, it would be. That would be a lot of fun. And you're right. I mean... It's crazy that it's gotten to this point with scheduling. Like you look at the NFL, the Bears are playing the Packers first game and last game. And you look at the MLB, the Cubs are playing the Brewers last game. It really adds to the excitement. They're really doing it right. I will say that. I'm excited for what we're doing. I mean, we're just playing at a historic pace. It's crazy to think where this division has come and how far it's come over the year. I remember at the beginning of the year, it was very much compared to the AL Central as like one of the worst divisions in baseball. And now it's like... Mm -hmm. The Cubs, the Brewers, and Cincinnati all over 500, all playing good ball, all competing for wild card spots, and it's just proving that this division isn't as dog shit as we thought it was. Absolutely. I mean, it's it was still dog shit. It's just it took time to to see the competitiveness. We we even said before the trade deadline, like the Cubs had to do something to show that they were they were worthy of being buyers and not sellers. And sure enough, they got hot during that same week. Um, I, I, it's funny you brought up that last series because I, I thought it would have been fun to try to go out there for at least one of those games because one exposure, why not? But two, it, it would be fun to see if, if the game gets, if the series gets clinched or not the series, the division gets clinched like a game into that, but it's still important because wildcard positioning. So it's, it's going to be a fun, fun last series going into October. CJ, was that be a fun a, September? Was that an invite? I'd go to the game with you. Oh, then we might actually we might actually have something here. We might actually have something here. Um, hey, I think they're uh, all primetime games too. CJ, have your people reach out to his people. We'll coordinate this, okay? Yeah, watch this. Hey, Boopin, can you figure it out for us, please? Uh, <laughs> Sox fans, you don't have anything going on. Seriously, you got all the time in the world. Wait, CJ, um, let, me, let me reach out to my people. Hey, Boopin, can you coordinate for me? <laughs> I both of you are sitting in the nosebleeds, like 500 and 600 sections. There's no 500 or 600 at the Brewers. By the way, did they come up with the naming yet for, for, is it still called Miller Park or is it called something else now? American Family Stadium. Oh God, it's just as bad as guaranteed rate. Jesus, American Family. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) You guys didn't have a down arrow as your logo. That's that that's the big plus I got right now. I'm not going down with my stadium, but yeah. It was a sad day in Milwaukee when we lost Miller Park. It was just too perfect. 
It was. It is. It is. It is. I mean, anything with the Miller name on it is always perfect. Let's be real. Yeah, we have some exceptions to every rule, but um, Preston, thanks for coming on. Um, you know, we wanted to give you the floor, uh, appreciating you coming on the podcast. If you want to uh, give us an elevator pitch on what Doze is, Doze Junior, how people can reach out to you, you know, getting involved. I think all of us on the call can say that you've given us many memorable nights in Chicago, be that be scavenger hunt, be trolleys, be camping. So uh, tell people where they can find you, uh, you know, if they want to get with you and party with you next time in Chicago. <laughs> All right. Well, you sold it better than I usually do. Um, but yeah, Doge is da- daily organized group events. Not so daily anymore. Um, got the little one, so I don't have as much time. Um, but yeah, we do. Doge Junior. We do Doge Junior, um, where we go to breweries once a month. Uh, we hit two breweries in the Chicagoland area. Um, you can find this all on Facebook on public pages, Doge and Doge Junior. Um, we're also doing Restaurant Club once a month. We hit up a place in Chicago. Um, usually, you know, 20, 30 people go out to that. Um, we do uh, trolley parties. Uh, we do a fantasy football league that my top friends uh, are are uh, contributors to. Um, you see what I did there? Um, yeah. I love it. Yeah, I did. I did. Um, but yeah, if you're listening and interested and you don't already know what Doge is, um, you can email dogedaily at gmail.com and I'd be happy to give you any information um, or find us on Instagram, Doge Daily. Find us on Facebook, as I said. Uh, there is a website. Uh, I don't update it. I'll be very honest. I don't, uh, in like the last six years. Um, so yeah. Uh, uh, CJ, looks like you got something for me. Yeah, I want to plug probably one of my favorite stories to tell about Doge. Doge hosted the last party before lockdown when uh, when COVID was a thing. I think the lockdown may have been the same day. Yeah, it may yeah. have been. It was the, day, the following day, actually. If, You're going to get me trouble. Remember, Careful. Right. But it was St. Patty's. That was a lot of fun. And then all I remember was just waking up the following day. We had, a, I think we had a, alerts on our phones. And then the governor was on and saying, we are starting lockdown. I'm like, this party was so good. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that and the Christmas trolleys was by far the my favorite experiences. So I, I strongly recommend it. Yeah. Doge's D-O-G-E. Those juniors, same thing, junior at the end. Again, Preston, thank you for coming on. Boys, is that is, are we good to call it a day? Is that a Sign us off. Is that a wrap? Hey, thank you for listening to us today. Um, you know, we hope that we brought some positivity into your life today. We're a young podcast, so keep that feedback coming. Maybe someday in the near future, we'll bring you some positivity. But until then, we'll suffer in our misery together. On that positive, positive note, we are signing off. Goodbye.